welcome. And thank you for joining us today as we remember our friend Rose Rosemary Pyle. Someone worth remembering, a life worth remembering. And I somehow think that we will feel her presence here today. Rose always had a way of making her presence felt in a good way. And I'm sure this will, event will be no different in celebrating her life. This celebration will be held in a manner of a Quaker meeting for worship. Now, for those of you unfamiliar, uh, this simply means there is no appointed minister and no set order of service. During the meeting, it is open for anyone to speak, and we call this ministry, and we find it helpful, and it is to be welcomed. But it is best if contributions are brief, and time is allowed for reflection in between each ministry or each spoken contribution. Just one thing I will say, please, those of you who have mobile phones, can you ensure that they switch off? As I've said, we want, we want to hear everything that is said, but the room is obviously of a size, that, and there are many people here, so that the sound may be a little bit soaked at times. So again, if we could speak clearly, slowly, that would be really helpful. To start with, we will have a short, a very short period, a couple of minutes of silence, where we ask for no spoken ministry, after which Martha will read a brief account of Rosa's life. And of course, after she has done so, then obviously the meeting for worship will then continue and spoken contributions and ministry then are welcome. The meeting will close after about 45 minutes with elders, and that would be me and Doris, we will shake hands at an appropriate point and then we would ask for yourselves to shake hands with your neighbours and that will conclude the formal part of this celebration of Rose's life. So, just to remind you, mobile phones switched off, and we will now have just a couple of minutes of silence, after which Martha will give her account of Rosa's life. After that, we will enter into the, into the worship, or rather we will all hopefully enter into the worship.
Rose was born in Newcastle in 1936. Her mother died in 1946 when Rose was nine and her brother John was six. As a result, Rose was away at Ackworth Quaker Boarding School for her <coughs> secondary education. Her father remained married. Her father remarried but died in 1958. After school, Rose briefly worked in a library in Manchester and was active in family service unit and Quaker activities before moving to Cardiff University in 1958 to do a social work course. She then went straight on to do a further year's training in social work at Bristol University before returning north and becoming a caseworker in Liverpool Family Service Unit in autumn 1961. She later became unit leader where her leadership and admin skills were so invaluable. She remained there until 1971 when she moved to Frosham. As many of you will know, Rose was happily married to Harry Pyle for over 30 years until his death in 2008. She was a committed stepmother to Harry's three sons, David, Andrew and Bob, and mother-in-law to Emma. Rose was delighted when she became a grandmother in 1978 and 1982 and greatly enjoyed being actively involved in, involved in the lives of her granddaughter Cara and grandson Liam. Rose was also a loving aunt to Rebecca, myself and Adam. Rose had a deep understanding of the connection of the social, political and economic and she used her skills and energy in many areas to address inequalities and injustice. She was in at the beginning of the Child Poverty Action Group in 1965 campaigning with a succession of directors to raise awareness of the reality and extent of child poverty and the way it destroys hope. She worked for the family service unit with, with families facing multiple difficulties. Rose was involved with the campaign for nuclear disarmament and she went on the Aldermaston March in 1959. She campaigned against capital punishment until its abolition in the late 60s. Rose's Quakerism was expressed in action through her various roles at her local Quaker meeting but also in other arenas. She organised and led several Quaker work camps, one consequence of which was her brother John meeting his wife Ruth. Rose always ensured that fun was had by all, as well as the necessary hard physical work accomplished. She was also a member of the Joseph Roundtree Charitable Trust from 1973 to 1990. Rose was an indefatigable, I can't say it, indefatigable <laughs> local member of the Labour Party wherever she lived. For over 15 years, in the mid-1970s, Rose was the unpaid administrator of the Sheila Kay Fund, a charity which aimed to strengthen youth, community and social services on Merseyside by giving advice and financial assistance to enable people to study vocational courses. For many years, she ran the office from the Borrowdale dining room. In her personal life, Rose provided emotional support and practical help to many people, some of whom are here today. She was potentially guardian to over 20 children. Rose had a very positive approach to events and life in general. She always emphasised the positives in any situation, even when to the rest of us they were pretty hard to see. Her wicked sense of humour meant that time spent with Rose included gales of laughter and much fun. During the last ten years, one of Rose's great pleasures has been circle dancing. Rose enjoyed providing hospitality at Borrowdale and particularly loved having families with children to stay. 
This included the whole Fuster family, and in recent years, Fran, Keith, Gavin, Tree, Jerry and Monica and their children have spent many happy times with Rose at Borrowdale. say, Rose was the most wonderful neighbour to us for 21 years. We lived quietly, and so did Rose and Harry. But we will remember how we used to smile when, from time to time, our quiet was punctuated by a sudden burst of Rose's laughter, filtering through from her kitchen to our kitchen. We will also remember her kindness on the many, many occasions when she held the fort for us while we were away. And how each time we returned, even if we'd be only away for a short time, we found a supply of fresh milk, bread, tomatoes and eggs waiting for us. And how, as a special welcome home, there was always in the middle of the kitchen table, a freshly picked bunch of garden flowers. While I'm on my feet, can I presume also to say something on behalf of Rita and myself? We knew Rose as a wise, intelligent, cheerful and caring person. She swam regularly at Forest Hills here, and in the recent past was an early morning swimmer with Rita, my wife, and with Beryl Davis. She swam quietly and steadily, it doesn't surprise you, but she swam on her back, and she chose to keep to one side of the bath to keep out of other people's way. And this stretch of the pool was always known as Rose's Lane. <laughs> and then, after her swim, she would join her friends and colleagues, first of all in the jacuzzi, and then in the changing room. Here, they would sort out the local news and do their best to put the rest of the world to rights in the short time available. Beryl, Rita, and I 
and many of us have lost but would cherish the memory of a good friend and a good neighbour. of knowing uh, Rose Pyle for uh, 15 years as a member of the Labour Party. And I remember throughout that time, what really sticks in my mind both about her and about Harry is the calmness, the stillness and the great sense of humour that they both shared. And whilst I also remember, and this word is difficult to pronounce, her indefatigable um, support of the Labour Party, I also am very grateful for the support she gave both to myself and to Mike who's here today and to many other colleagues in the Labour Party. She was truly a wonderful person. And I know she'd be greatly missed, both by us in the Labour Party and by you as a family and friends. Thank you very much. I first met Rose when she was at Cardiff and I was up the valleys. We did things as young friends and we joined up with Bristol Young Friends and we had a lot of good times together. And I was looking through newspaper cuttings yesterday and I found that I joined Cardiff students on quite a few events. Anti-apartheid, CMB, painting of children's room and that kind of thing. Rose and I have kept in touch over the years, obviously she was very good at that. Last year, at this time, she was in Edinburgh with me and we did the festival. We did it well. We <laughs> saw lots of plays, we went to the musicals, we went to sh the things that were at the meeting house. She visited other friends that she has in Edinburgh who I think are here today somewhere. <sighs> My life is going to be empty without her. I spoke with Rose a few weeks ago. I was able to tell her that, and she knows of course, a seat on top of Prodgen Hill is in the memory of Harry. I told Rose that, and she knows this, she knew this, what a great strength Harry was to me uh, over the years that I knew him. And of course Rose was part of that as well. And I told her that when I walked over Prodgen Hill, I used to find Harry's seat and sit there. I talked to Harry. I really do believe that Harry was a great strength to me when I spoke from that seat. Rose has joined him. I should be talking to Rose on that street as well. On that seat, when I next walk over Prodgen Hill, I'll be sitting there talking to Harry and talking to Rose, and I know I'll get that strength from both of them. I too uh, first knew Rose from her time in Cardiff. She was a 
a young student and I was a teenager. What strikes me then was how really perceptive she was of other people and what they might need. And without any condensation, condescension, she gave me support as somebody who was trying to find my feet, uh, turning from a teenager into an adult. And there was no patronage about it. Uh, it was just kind and considerate support. And that is how she's always been right through to this year when she gave the same sort of deeply considerate support uh, when my father died. And she was somebody who mattered to three generations of my family. She was important to my father and mother in those days, to myself, and even to my children. Uh, they still remember the way she welcomed them to her house and to also treated them with the respect and consideration and the right things to offer them. So all generations, you have the ability to perceive what people needed and to respond to them was a wonderful person for that. Politics is a very interesting endeavour to be involved in. It can be all-consuming. It has its highs and it has its lows. But one of the wonderful things about politics is the friendships that you make. And every once in a while you come across a person of real stature. And that person that we're talking about today is Rose Pyle. Rose was a wonderful woman. She campaigned against inequality. She was fervent about trying to make lives better for people who were the least well off in society. And she spoke out about injustice wherever it occurred and against the perpetrators of that injustice. She was a stalwart member of the local Labour Party and she shared in our successes in government and she joined in our sadnesses in government as well. And She wasn't, pre wasn't prepared to sit back and not criticise when she thought that criticism was necessary. And you wouldn't be surprised to know that she spoke out very strongly about the way we treated single mothers. And she was very outspoken about the war in Iraq. Despite all of that, she stayed a loyal member of the party, and I class Rose as a very true friend and a colleague. She wasn't an armchair socialist by any stretch of the imagination, and she made a real contribution to the communities that she lived in. And I know that the world was a better place for Rose Pyle being in it, and I will cherish the memories that I have of Rose and the friendships that we shared. She was a wonderful woman, and story that you might not know, the last time I met Rose, she used to come into my office when I was winding it down, and then announced that I was standing down from Parliament, and she would help out with the shredding of confidential material. Cheerful, effective, and just part of a team, and she was just doing her little bit at the end, because she always wanted to be part of the Labour Party, and I am grateful for the memories that Leslie and I share with Rose and her family. some attention to what's written about her because I knew her first as a professional person in Liverpool in social work and I would like to bring before you all the wonderful work that she did for the Sheila Kay Fund and 
we were all part of it, a small group of us, and she worked so hard. And that fund is still going now, and I'm still on that committee, and I know how much we have to owe to her dedication, determination, and the support that she gave. Even when she decided to move here, she traveled with all her burdens, all the information about the trust, all the information about the people we'd helped, and she always had it at her fingertips. And I used to say, oh Rose, please don't carry all these heavy burdens, but she had to have it there. She was a perfectionist in her own way, and a very strong, lovely person. <coughs> I hadn't planned to say anything, but um, I want to represent um, the circle dancing uh, side of Rose's life. She was a um, fantastic member of the group, very spirited, and despite her sort of physical uh, difficulty with balance, she was really game and up for every dance and she could manage, except once with fast turns, and then she really did have to kind of sit down sometimes. Um, but she would always come laden with um, happy, Harry's happy hen's eggs. Um, or um, damsons or gooseberries um, and, and wonderful wildflowers from the centre and um, her favourite dance was called the fire walking dance it doesn't sort of surprise me really and another dance she loved involved the picking of apples through the dance mm -hmm. and um, one occasion in the autumn we were about to do the dance and she just happened to have about her person a cooking apple of course <laughs> so very fond memories of, of Rose a strong and beautiful beautiful person and Harry were um, next door neighbours of mine for as long as I can remember. Um, being born just two doors away at seven I'm representing all our family today because my mother can't be here and my brothers and sisters. But I know they all have fond memories as I do of those. I think for me, um, I treasure particularly how Rose opened my eyes to the world in a way I didn't realise until I was much older. I think going up and visiting Borrowdale, you never knew who or what you would find there. <laughs> it was like a gateway to the world.
talking on the way home today about Rose was always fully present with whoever she was with and whatever decision that she took. And uh, that's what I will take away as uh, something to aspire to. Stepson is, is a complicated situation, keeping in a complicated family, as we do. And I, I had all sorts of mixed up feelings over Rose at some times, very appreciative of her at other times, and less so. I'm a complicated person, she was a complicated person. And I, and I thank Emma for asking me to reflect. Well, I, I went in and I found on, on the Monday, before she died on the Tuesday, and three or four minutes where they just, and she was conscious and there, and I was able to say to her. So I said, thank you, Rose. Thank you for being a good stepmother. Thank you for wanting the best for me, for my welfare. I'm similarly for Andrew and Bob. She wanted to, our lives to be as good as they could be. And thank you, I thank her for helping me with my relationship with my father, Harry, who had been very problematic in my childhood. There's been a gulf between Harry and I, and she always worked to help Harry and I to understand each other and love each other. And that was when I is reflecting. I, I thanked her over how wonderful she was with our, our children, Cara and Liam. When I was reflecting in the crematorium this morning, I had a sense of um, uh, how she can be a message to all of us. Uh, n not just of, of goodness or values or commitment, but of how 
she was somebody who had suffered. She had her own inner troubles and conflicts and could have arguments and fall out with people and so on. But when, when she had a, a sense of, of what was right or what was needed, uh, the, the, the good energy, the, the, the spirit flowed through her and she gave it everything she had to, to try and help people make things right or make things better both out in the world and, and in her personal life when she had a, a sight of how things should be she was, she was very passionate in trying to follow through that and I know there are several people here in the room today who, who felt that energy come through her into their lives thank you for thank you Rose for those moments when you connected with the spirit and I first met Rose in, I think, about 1996 after becoming rather good friends with, uh, with Liam, her grandson. Um, I, I didn't know her for all that long, but for a number of years, you know, we were all very close to her. Uh, me and Liam had spent countless nights, weekends and holidays at Rose's house where she never showed anything but you know, the, the greatest care and love for all of us there and really treated me no different to Liam and, and just like one of her own grandchildren. Um, you know, and she, she'd look out for us. I remember one particular incident where she uh, rather brusquely stopped us going off into Liam's treehouse like our bags with the walking stick and bringing out can after can of lies. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly were not allowed to go up there after drinking all that. <laughs> Which Liam said, we're not going to go up there after drinking all that, we're going to go up there and then drink it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, was, I was with Rosa about a month ago because Liam was taking us to the airport and we'd stopped off there. Um, and she seemed so full of life and, and really no different to, to ten years earlier when we were uh, sort of staying, staying at her house so much. Um, and I just wanted to come and say really that, that you know, she had such a marked effect on all of us, you know, including myself. And I know she was a wonderful grandmother to, to Liam and Cara and that she will be sorely missed. I'm wearing a scarf with multicolours for Rose today. A woman of bright colours and vitality. And it showed in her dress, in the manner of dress. The last few weeks in meeting in Chester, we've held Rose and loved Rose. And we couldn't believe how quickly she just went out like a light. But I think <coughs> some of the things that I, you recollect on, I want to start with, just actually assembling together, all of us, meeting Rose's family. We function very much on our own in our little communities. And when we all gather, it's just, it's just lovely to kind of touch each other and notice 
You look like Rose. Rose looks like you. You know, there's a strong family resemblance. And that we've only just seen this last day or two. She was a powerful influence. And the longer you lived alongside Rose in a meeting, the more you appreciated Rose. Her, her wisdoms, I, uh, she had a lovely gift and she prided herself on her gift of language and words. And whichever committee she was on, you'd know that she'd make a darn good job of it. Um, she wouldn't just be so sorely missed. We did sit for a couple of weeks holding our breath, but to no pain. <coughs> seemed to me to be somebody who had high standards, very strong standards of how we should all be, how the world should be, and she didn't want to let go of those. I was in awe of Rose. And then one day I was deeply touched when she told me that she couldn't minister since she had her operation without crying. And it made me feel somehow very close to her to feel that um, that emotional side of her that she obviously displayed in lots of ways but that that tender soft underbelly Rose had a gift which I've never really found in anybody else but she was immensely principled and I recognise the wisdom that people are speaking of. But she was almost entirely free of hobby horses. She never really sat there and said, well, the answer to this is X or Y. And as somebody who's addicted to posturing, really, and being verbose in a way that Rose, for all the love of words, never descended to at all, I've always really valued this, 
and seen it as something that I ought to learn from. And I feel we may all be particularly bereft of it at the moment, given that we're confronted with an idea in the big society which draws on many of the ways that Rose lived every day <coughs> and yet is in danger of becoming the hobby horse and the posture which I feel she would have engaged with and disputed in a way that would be of enormous value both to its proponents and to its opponents. So I shall really miss that um, unwillingness to have attitudes hard I think was such a part of her strength and character. Having been <coughs> a pesky brother for many years, um, I helped a friend build a garage. A prefabricated garage uh, in Manchester. Uh, he was an engineer, I was a labourer. And mm, within a few, few short months, in Rose's eyes, I had been promoted to a structural engineer <laughs> and an essential cog in building a boathouse down in Devon on one of the uh, Quaker work camps. She neglected to tell me that it was about 12 times bigger than the prefabricated garage I'd helped construct. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, and she didn't turn up. Uh, she went on that work camp, she just sent me. <laughs> um, so I, I, I was well and truly organised by Rose. Um, fortunately, that's <laughs> um, <coughs> where I met Ruth and... So, three people wouldn't exist without that encouragement. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I do apologise, but there hasn't seemed to be a lot of waiting for meditation and ministry, uh, so I'm going to break the rules too. I don't see why I should. <laughs> I think there's something of Rose that hasn't really been tabled here or hasn't been celebrated or appreciated in that um, Rose had uh, a kind of strength that I've never seen in another person before in the sense that she was a person who didn't sympathise with your problems. She had an empathy. She, she was there with you. And uh, for... Um, for disability, for distress, for um, non-normal human behaviour, Rose didn't have any fear whatsoever. And so there was nothing patronising about the way that Rose could could help you. And I'm talking from personal experience from Rose uh, counselling me through, uh, I think, what they call a nervous breakdown, and Rose walking through some of the deepest tunnels of Holwood not sitting out at the end uh, feeling sorry for me or allowing me to feel <coughs> sorry for myself. Rose walked down those tunnels because she, I think, was emotionally fearless and she wasn't afraid 
and she didn't make you feel disabled or crap. She she always makes you feel worthy. One of the things I inherited from Rose was a love of strong language. Um, <laughs> I tried to write a poem for Rose and no words would come. Um, all that came to me was, It's a bugger, said Rose. <laughs> Herself to the last. Bloody hell, Rose, I'd add. You left us too fast. She played that role for a lot, a lot of people, not just me and Liam. But she's always been there, right from the beginning. So we're going to have to find some way of taking her with us. Before we all disperse, I've been volunteered to read a few announcements and give some thanks to various people. First of all, most importantly, thank you all of you for coming today. There was a general thanks on behalf of the family to everyone who's made the effort to be here. A certain number of special thanks. Thanks to Keith and Fran for the website. And the website is www.arboretum.org.uk. 
which exists if anyone wants to put messages, if anyone has photos of Rose they'd like to post, and I presume we'll just keep it going for as long as people feel it's useful. Okay, so it, it exists, and you can go there and find messages, many of which have been printed out here, and we'll just keep running into that, I suppose, for a while. Okay, um, another special note of thanks to Turner's The Funeral Directors. It does really make a difference when you have someone who actually knew the person who died, someone who's been a friend of the family for many years. But of thanks to the elders of the Quaker meeting at Chester who led us through this service. Thanks to Forest Hills for laying it on. Hopefully we'll be enjoying their hospitality fairly soon. Thanks to a lot of neighbours around the Frodsham area for offers of help and support and cards and offers of, you know, running rows various places. And some of those offers haven't been taken up because events have just overtaken us. But thanks to lots and lots of neighbours. And a special vote of thanks to Brother Bob, of whom quite heavy burden has fallen over the last couple of weeks and has got us through it just about. Okay, a few announcements. There are a number of books to sign scattered around the room out there. So please, before you go, sign your name in the books. Just mutter mark passing. And Adam, I understand, has been recording this service. Adam Beer, Rose's nephew. And if you want a copy, perhaps for yourself, or perhaps for someone who wanted to be here and isn't able to be here, now there are people who knew Rose scattered across all corners of the globe, so some people we know of who obviously can't be here. So if you want a copy of the recording, write your name in that book and tick the box for, you know, I would like a copy. What else do I need to say? Um, not sure there's very much. Uh, refreshments and tea and coffee are provided. The bar will be open, but if you want to use the bar, you're paying yourself. <laughs> I think that's a lot. That's Tick most yeah. of the boxes. Yeah. We never get told we can turn our mobile phones on again. Uh, <laughs> you can't. And I believe the world will be a better place than that. I do. Yes, we were, we were going to play out with one of Rose's favourite tracks from Circle Dancing, and hopefully. The technology is with us. <laughs> yeah, give it a bit of volume. <laughs> Yeah, I I I 